Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So if you don't know, we are delving into Behind the Music and this is Spring by, I mean, this is a legend. This is a legend that we decided to celebrate for an entire hour with Percy Mabandu. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Winston Mangungungosi. And we're going to be celebrating. When you hear a song and a song with no lyrics and it has a title that says Spring, and it sounds like spring. Then you know the the composer knows exactly what they're doing. Percy, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. This is like I'm being spoiled a whole hour. A you know whole what I mean. Hour. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, this Listen, is this is indulgent, self indulgent, for a whole hour. Self, Can you imagine? <laughs> self indulgent. But I mean, yeah. he deserves an hour. There is so much no. depth. There is so much to him. It's not difficult to fill an hour. In fact, I promise you, we're going to wink, and the hour will be gone. I know, I know, I know. Listen, um, as you know, I I have made it my life's work yes. to celebrate the meaning yeah. and the impact of Tatu Winston Mangungungosi. Um, I fell in love with, with his music when I did not know that I am falling in love. Or should I say I ascended mm. into love, you know? Um, uh, Winston Mangungungosi's music... Uh, wormed its way into in, into my spirit, uh, soul when I was a little baby, uh, growing up in Harankua. And as I grew as a professional, I've come to understand him uh, much as a much more complex, creative individual. And I think we 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 are richer because he was alive. Absolutely. So let me. I was going to ask you, Percy, how were you introduced to his music? Listen. So I I you know uh, uh, I grew up in Harankua. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, if you if, if 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 you if you can picture this as a, as 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 I, as I describe it, you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. So the corner that I grew up on uh, had a Baptist church, mm-hmm. right? And then down the road is a jazz tavern called Cobra Bates. Brababa used to have, uh, <laughs> and then on the other side of the road is the YMCA where the. Uh, what you call it, the, the Harankua Community Choir would be rehearsing, you know, and then on the other side, there's a ZCC church, mm-hmm. the Dove one, so they'd be marching up and down the road, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and, and not and so like, far think, away, there's a Catholic church, I think. I, well, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, this is another thing. Yeah. But, but in that space, you have, I think, like, uh, apart from Brababes' jest uh, tavern, I think three other three other Shebeens or, or, or someone's someone who makes sure that they always have alcohol in their house to sell uh, just for people to hang out. And, and at any given time, I would hear Yakalinkom. I think uh, Brajek, uh, 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 who, whose house is opposite my, my parents' house, you know, I mean, I, re- I remember waking up in the middle of the night, maybe going to the loo, and then I'd hear the song, you know, which was Yakalinkom. Uh, uh, and so it was a song that is always there in this firmament of music and, and, and culture and song, you know, all different types. Uh, and, and as you know, you know, if you're going to the loo, Next, and there's taverns somewhere nearby. There's old timers on their way home, walking, 
whistling along, you know, <laughs> songs mm. they were playing at the tavern, half drunk, um, stumbling along to go home and hopefully make it to go to work to f- the following morning. So that's a kind of space that I get introduced to the music of Pro Winston uh, in the heat, you know, the sweat and the funk of people's culture, as mm. it were. And, and, and um, it got a hold of me uh, when I did not know that I'll one day become uh, an arts journalist and art historian so that by the time i arrive into that space i look back into who am i what am i trying to do and i look into tell the stories of the artists that have mattered to my life and as i was growing up and winston mankunku becomes central there is something to be said about revisiting an artist over and over again over your own life stages yeah because you discover him differently all the time yeah it's like it's like you know, suddenly you get a sharper understanding of, of the artist, not as something uh, that is abstract and out there, mm. but as something that you've seen uh, uh, alive in your own experience so that the the artwork does not become a theoretical, a mm. theoretical uh, object mm. that you deal with in a kind of cerebral intellectual way only. But you know what it has meant. You know how the music and the artwork has made you feel as a child. You know, as you're going through your teens, rebelling against the music of your parents only to rediscover it in your 20s, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so, you know, the richness of the artist's work um, become even, even more compelling when you look at it uh, because, you know, it has survived the, the test of time. Yeah, for, for you yeah. particularly. And then you study it and then you realize the complexities of that composition as well. Precisely, the, precisely. You have new appreciation. And, yeah, and if you put it in, if you put it against the, 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 the context of what South Africa is, um, you know, without falling into into the trap of South African exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. But there's something unique that has happened here uh, that the music was able to capture, mm-hmm. and and creatives like like Winston Mankunkungozi managed to have a clear view of of that reality that the people were experiencing here, and to articulate that you know through the function of their genius and and virtuosity with the saxophone and their and and their compositions you know um it became it becomes very very fascinating because you know when i was a kid i heard it as the music that the uncles in and around me would play while they're drinking and having you know fun and you know as adults do but when i when i when i'm at university studying art history and i start looking at it i i knew it's something else and when I'm looking at it, having been a professional for a while and, and having listened to the music, having inherited particular projects of what it means to, to, to do this work, it also carries a new meaning as well. And, 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 and this is why I ultimately then decided to write a book. And do more. And, and do more, and which do is what more, we're going to more, discuss. And, and do more, which is what we're going to discuss when we get back. SFM, playing your music.
Oh wow, yeah, Kalingomo, Percy. So when I think, obviously, I think in books and book titles, and this song invokes a book called Native Nostalgia by Jacob Lamini. Because when you listen oh, wow. to the song, you are able to pick up on a people and a people's experience, as you so well put to say you can hear joy you can hear the pace you can hear stress you can hear depression you can hear all of our complexities in one song that's what for me makes the song so us yeah i i i don't understand the magic with which bro winston managed to manage this thing this is 1968 you know uh four years earlier you know nelson mandela and the rest have been thrown into jail through the you know treason trials and 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 you know uh, uh, we are just recovering from the Shaville massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all sorts of things. I mean, uh, Paris is on fire. The black world is, is in disarray because both Malcolm X and Martin Luther King have been cut down in the States. So nothing, nothing is going right. If you're a black person in the world, you know, um, the Paris, the Paris riots, which actually begin in the Congo, you know, uh, have, have just thrown uh, everything in disarray. I mean, uh, I think also in 1968, if you remember, uh, the uh, in, in Algeria, you know, uh, the Algiers is on fire. But then but he brings, but then he brings a spring to us. Exactly, you know, because it's the same year that he records Yakalin Como. Yeah. He also records with Krishil uh, the spring in in that November. But what I find very fascinating about about this this this, this, this composition and what it has done, it is it, you know along with capturing the moment and also breathing this new hope mm-hmm. that is born. Because in '68, the Black Consciousness Movement actually begins for you know for sure with the election of Biko into and the formation of in Durban is that there's a new hope that's born in the same year and all of this despair and all of this new hope this new quickening you know what becomes ultimately the success of the of, of the 80s and the 90s is actually born in that year I may I may argue and 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 to be a saxophonist of 25 years of age you know be able to be that perceptive in, in your mm-hmm. creative uh, output for me is fascinating um, but what I like I mean you you just referenced books you know with with native nostalgia yeah, Kalinkomu is, you know, I could argue that it's the only composition, the only jazz song that manages to have life beyond the world of music. Yeah. Because in 1974, uh, Brawali releases a book of poems called yes. Yakalinkomo, yes. inspired by this record. Yes. And, of course, parallel to that, Dumile Feni does a series of drawings inspired uh, by 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 the the, the meaning and, and and the magic of Yakalinkom, so that we you have this record, you know, which is a musical piece which has life in poetry and life in the visual arts, and it but also course, has an, an entire life dedicated to a book by you. Only you, you see, of this song. and then I write a book, yeah. you know, reflecting all of this. And interestingly, in 1988, Umam uh, 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 the the wonderful, 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 wonderful uh, lyrical version that we finally get with Mabongile Kumalo is written uh, by uh, Mjali Jones, Tembi Mjali Jones, you know, and there's a whole story about how actually the first person to try and write lyrics to to Yakali Gomu was Somizi's dad, Dabom Songo, who, and those lyrics get lost by the time they go into studio, everybody's touring in the States, so Mabongile Kumalo is forced to actually invent her own lyrics. So, you know, here's a song, 
it begins as a, compo- a jazz composition in 1968 and then just flourishes into the imagination, uh, creative imagination of, of, of generations to follow. Where by the time someone as young as Zoe, Zoe Muriha takes this song and records it, you know, it has gone through various lives, you know. Um, visual artists are inspired by it. Poets are inspired by it. Me as a kind of art historian, I'm moved by it, you know. <laughs> so this is, there's something magical about, about it uh, and, and the way it's able to tell us more about ourselves. Let me take a quick break because I'm going to come back to that. Um, I know why others did it. I want to know why you did it. What is it you were trying to find in peeling through the layers of the song? That and more coming up after the 2.30 news headlines with uh, Zola Kekotaje. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. We're discussing Yakalingomo. We are celebrating the work of Winston Mangungungozi with Percy Mabandu, critic of jazz music and all things art. So, Percy, you could have picked anything. You, you chose yeah. Yakalingomo to, to rip it apart, to peel at its layers. What were you trying to find? Well, I mean, I, I was trying to find myself, interestingly. And, and the best place to find yourself is amongst the adults who've shaped you, right? Um, and, and, and you must remember, to, I mean, it, I, I, a lot of people know my work as, as this writer guy who writes about jazz. But I, I started fine arts, so I, I, I come from a visual arts perspective. And, and, but the space that I grew up in, you know, in th- that place of taverns and churches that I, that I speak about a lot, you know, so there was Johnny Ruberu, there was, you know, all of these old timers who are, who are, who, you know, who, who are poets and musicians at the same time. So this idea that you don't actually need to respect these boundaries, what should be a priority for you is to find the best way to express yourself. To, to let out the things that are wrestling inside of you um, and to, to, to struggle to find a voice. Don't worry too much about the questions, are you a journalist? Are you a poet? Are you a painter? That, that is secondary. Go and, and, and find something in there and, and, and meaning will be, will, will be released for you. You know, the, the keys of heaven will fall out of the sky once you, once you do that. And so I, I'm, a young, I'm a young journalist. I've, I've spent, you know, some, a couple of years at, at the Mail and Guardian at the City Press, and I'm looking for something to say, uh, how do I stretch the form? How do I challenge myself to writing more than weekly 1,000 words? Right, so there's 1,000 word articles that you write in the night. But I'm saying, as somebody who writes, how can I test myself to see how my, how, what am I worth as a, as, as, as a creative and as a journalist. Mm. Uh, and I'm looking for a subject. And, but I'm not looking for something that's going to take me too far, you know, like out there. It's like I'm saying, I have to then find myself. And so I go into my childhood. I'm like, so I started writing about jazz. Where does it come from? And then it takes me to that place of my upbringing. And that place of my upbringing, I, I, the memories that, that prop up is me as a kid and the old timers, as I'm saying, you know, the sound that I'm hearing when I'm going to the loo in the middle of the night, the joy on Sunday afternoons. And Yakalinkomo is, you know, like right smack in the middle of it. So then I take hold of this song and start scratching. And then it, I, it opens up this whole world. And then I discover actually... I could indulge both my love of visual arts mm-hmm. by understanding, you know, what Dumile Feni was trying to do. I can indulge 
my, my, my enjoyment of poetry because then I'm going to have to confront and deal with uh, Walisorote's poetry. Then I can deal with other historical questions because once you start dealing with this song, you're going to invariably deal with what it means to be Winston Mangungungozi in apartheid South Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, who at some point is asked to play um, at the at the Cape Town City Hall uh, behind the curtain, mm-hmm. and and the poster does not say it's Winston Mangungu who's playing, but it's a guy called Winston Man, and a white musician has to stand in front of the stage to mime, you know, the lines played by somebody who's being hidden behind the curtain, you know. So that kind of complexity of life to say, how do you continue to play when everybody else? want to enjoy your creative output but without acknowledging you because you are black in the world mm. and, and so these questions you know for me provide an opportunity to test myself as, as a journalist as an art historian and as somebody who cares about the lives of artists deeply you know um, because i was raised by these kinds of people and so then it becomes you know a, a way of telling a larger story and, and and it has enriched me as well and it continues to to you know as as i you know i i'm at a point now where i'm i'm thinking deeper about about the individual person mm-hmm. of winston mankunku whereas in the book i was dealing with his work the the song itself you know and as an artwork and its life and its impact um i'm finding increasingly that i'm asking myself questions about um, what it has meant uh, to be Winston Mankunkugosi, uh, growing up, having dreams, knowing that they might not be possible because you live in a country that is what South Africa was at the time, and and then pursue them nonetheless. And interestingly, I mean, here's, here's, here's a shocker, Timelo. Winston Mankunku is called out to come to the U.S., to come in and pursue a career in the U.S., by none other than first, um, Duke Ellington, yes. and and he says no. Um, my music is needed here. I'm needed here in South Africa. I have to stay here. He's asked later by Chick Corea, and he turns him down. You know, so multiple big musicians in the states who become aware of his legend through like uh, South Africans in exile and, and other ways want him because they can hear depth in his saxophone to say, no, but you should be this side. You could be so much bigger as a musician. But he understands that beyond being a, you know, an interesting artist who could make a great living uh, as, as a world-renowned saxophonist, he has to do something else. Um, the selflessness that he feels compels him to stay in South Africa and continue to play for the people. Whether or not they acknowledge him, whether or not they are aware of the sacrifices making become secondary, because as you know, we haven't acknowledged many of these sacrifices. In fact, you know, many of these musicians, you know, um, die in very tough situations. But he chooses to stay. And for me, that is, some, is something that, I've, that I've, uh, I've tried to wrestle with. And I can't find the grammar to articulate what that is. You know, that kind of love for your people. Looking into the life of Winston Mankunkungozi with uh, Percy Mabandu, journalist, critic of the arts in general. Dedication is what we're playing you next.
Winston Mankukungozi, and this is Wachigeles, and this was in collaboration with Mike Perry. So now, Percy, in front of me is um, a painting that you started in October 2019, (laughs) right? Yeah. And and I know that you went back and forth. Um, You know, you stopped it sometimes, and you would come back after a period. And I'm I'm interested in knowing. When did you know? What was happening within you that said you are done? Uh, it's like, you know, you, you are never done. Yes, I think exactly. I, th- <laughs> I think you're never done. Yes. I think I think it's like, you know, a, a paragraph in, in the middle of a long essay. You know, it, it has a life of its own as it is, but it's part of a longer conversation. So this is how I see it. I feel like I'm, I'm able to do with the painting uh, what I could not do in writing. Mm. Um, and I've also been working on a series of prints, of etchings, which I'll share on my social media, by, and probably tomorrow or today. Uh, and they're available for sale, you know. Um, and, and, and so, I'm, I, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm creatively thinking a great deal about, you know, what do I do with my encounter with Bra Winston in that sense, creatively. It's, and and I mean, beyond the book, you know, I've now gone into the visual space, you know, so I've produced this painting, um, which is part of a series of other paintings that that I've made. But, you know, uh, uh, this one specifically was looking at, at Bra Winston um, in a way that uh, you can memor- I can memorialize him as an individual person in ways that I could not in the yeah. book because the yeah. book was concerned with 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 his work and and other things around him but there's something iconic about uh, and concentrated about you know the the visual artwork yeah yeah i mean yeah. as 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 you said you know many people don't know that you're actually a, a fine artist so this this is and and i'm quite interested in what you know you're a fine artist who who very rarely publicly demonstrated that you are a fine artist that's yeah. the thing i want to say well i mean how and, the game will... <laughs> and, and 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 i'm keen to know something happens to a person with a true love for something that allows them or forces them to go back to their first love that's yeah, the thing that happened I, to you so so the the story of my life is i mean you know remember in the 90s in the late 90s mid 90s when we were in high school and our parents were sending us to saturday school you know uh, because it became a thing you know um so we were going to saturday school to go study you know better your math better your you know other things to 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 uh, you know augment what we were getting Monday to friday at school you know, I managed to convince my parents to send me to art school. So I went to, to what was then called, you know, the Arts for Africa or Arts for All, which was, you know, uh, situated where now the Center for African American Studies in UNISA, you know, is placed. But it was kind of rented space by uh, a network of artists of the Black Arts Movement in Pretoria. So that's where I start my journey as, you know, to train formally as an artist. And then later on, after matric, um, I go to, you know, then Technical Pretoria to go pursue fine and applied arts. And then out of that, I don't then go and practice as an artist. Mm-hmm. I go straight into media. Mm-hmm. You know, I start, you know, working in radio and then I go into, into, into writing. Writing sort of becomes this thing that takes me over. I, 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 I just give myself to it 
and I have to tell you know stories in that way, and that's how the larger uh, my larger presence in the in, in the country then become known, you know, from Mail and Guardian to City Press and all the other places that I've published over the years. But you know, something happened, you know, and I've been sort of making art on the side, but as a kind of you know, uh, you have to do it because yes. because it's something that you do, right? But but uh, as we entered the pandemic. Uh, and it's lockdowns, you know, I had started sort of painting, you know, this series of portraits, but not quite seriously. But I knew that it's something that I needed to do. And so during during the, the first hard lockdown, um, I found myself, you know, at home in the garage. And these things were looking at me. They were like, you can't escape. You have no excuse that you can mount to say, okay, I have to go do this. That's why I'm not painting. You know, and also, you know, it, it was a tough time to, to, to exist in the world. When when our, our lives are governed by gatherings, you know, you go to concerts, you go to galleries to go write, and suddenly you find yourself, you find that you are, you find that you are, you can't go, you can't go, you know. So um, you, you you have to paint, you know, um, and and I had to paint. So I, I sat down and I did the work. So uh, I've I've been looking at these pieces and there is such depth in what you have managed to produce here. All of the depth of the man comes through and it's absolutely marvelous. Hence I asked who had to peel you away to stop painting. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I think- hope you've stopped. No, so 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 I I, I, I I put it away. Okay, good. I, you know, at some and point turned I it around. Better. Did you have to I, turn I, it around? <laughs> huh? Did you have to turn it around so that you don't touch it anymore? Yeah, I, so I don't look at it yes. anymore. Yeah. It's actually in a box. Good. It's wrapped in polystyrene. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's in a box. It's waiting for exhibition. Because if I look at it, I'm going to continue, know, as you know. I know, I know. Listen, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the gift of music. Thank you for the love of the work that you do. How do we find the book? Where do we find uh, the paintings? So, so the, the, I'm going to be ho- setting up an exhibition soon. We're just waiting for the lockdowns to pass. But uh, people can go to my social media, Pesi underscore Mabandu, to find to look at you know the, the, the paintings that I'm doing. And like I said, I'll be releasing the prints for sale. These are etchings, and I'll be using my platform. I'm busy now setting up a thing on Latitude, the website, to sell, but I think for now people can go straight to my social media. The book I'm selling through various bookshops um, and music shops, so if you're in, in Johannesburg, you can find the copies of the book at Brampton Center at the record shop there, Just Cities, and then you can find it at uh, Protea Books in Pretoria and through the Chimorenga Chimorengachronic.0.za website if you're buying online. That's how to find the book. But I'll be putting together a kind of mechanism to sell uh, the combination, a kind of mm. combo of the of the limited edition etchings uh, of the portraits of Pro Winston with the book signed and all that. Percy, you're a gift. Thank you.